Profit First, Step by Step, Episode 18. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Profit with Law. I am your host, Moshe Amsel, and today we are going to be doing a profit first deep dive. If you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 16, I urge you to hit the pause button and go back and listen to that episode because it is extremely crucial that you have the foundational understanding of the profit first system to be able to understand the step by step here that we're going to implement without the the understanding in that episode. Um, all of this is just going to seem um, like a waste of, of time and effort. So uh, go back and listen to that episode and then come back here and join me as we go into the actual step-by-step process of the Profit First system. Profit First is a system that was first created and put pen to paper by Mike Michalowicz, who is the author of the book Profit First. And it is a very popular book in the business category. If you haven't read it, uh, we're go- what we're covering here is going to give you the gist of everything that's covered in that book. However, Mike is a great author and um, has a really good way with words. Uh, he also does a great job of reading his own book on the Audible uh, version of that. So I urge you, if this topic is interesting to you, to go and take a, a read of his book or listen to the version on Audible. Now, before I jump in, I would just like to let you know that there's two things that I have for you. So first of all, uh, you can download a Profit First cheat sheet as well as the first two chapters of the Profit First book for free simply by going to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Profit First. Again, ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Profit First. Now, the second thing is just like working out in the gym, Many law firm owners need a personal trainer to take them through the process. Some people only need to learn the routine and then they can do everything on their own, while others need continuous guidance. Now, only you know which one of these people you are. Regardless, we here at Profit With Law have a program for you. At Profit With Law, we have Profit First Implementation Pods. They run for 90 days. In those 90 days, we will work together to analyze where you are today create an 18-month plan to get your to get you to your target and perform a quarter of profit first allocations and your very first profit distribution to apply and see if you're a fit for our next profit first implementation pod simply go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash pf apply and complete the application okay so let's jump in to the profit first system at the very basics of the system it is a makeup of a number of bank accounts that we create to 
segment the cash in our business. So the first step in the system is to go and do your one-time setup of opening five bank accounts. Now, there's some resistance that people have to these five bank accounts, some of which are the cost that you might have to creating five bank accounts, the the paperwork involved or the the tracking that you need to that you need to have. So in other words, the excess um, bookkeeping efforts. And then finally, your accountant might have resistance to the system. In other words, you might go to your accountant and say, look, I heard about this profit for a system and I want to implement it. And this is what I need to do. I need to open five bank accounts. And your accountant might say, whoa, hold on a second. Why would you want to do that? And then they start to get you to backpedal from there. So I want to talk about each of these objections real quick before I even talk about what these five bank accounts are going to be used for. Because if we don't get past this first step, you're not going to get anywhere with the system. So the first thing is the cost of the accounts. There are banks out there that have no fee, uh, no fees at all for their checking and savings accounts. You certainly can open a bank um, in that manner. I don't know if they still offer it. I personally use uh, Capital One. They have a, a Spark division for small businesses. And I have uh, Spark accounts where it's absolutely free. And I have three checking and three savings accounts with them. And the way that they actually open those is in pairs. So that that would work. If you cannot find a regional bank, a, a, um, a national bank that has it, you can look at regional banks or even at credit unions to try to find a bank that has free checking or free checking, free savings. Now, often they require a certain minimum deposit that would then waive the monthly fee. So the next thing you can do is you can look to see which bank might have the lowest requirement there and whether or not it's feasible for you to maintain that particular balance. And usually they'll take a balance combined from all of the accounts. So that's helpful as well because, as you'll see soon, one of the accounts is your tax account, um, which should gather some money in it, although we are going to set up additional two bank, two bank accounts at, a, at a, an external bank and send that money there. The other thing that I have found is that some banks will waive the fees if you use them for multiple services. So let's say that you have a line of credit. If you now go to the bank and say, I'm going to move my line of credit to you, that counts as a separate service with them. They might require two services and then your, your fees are waived or they might require three. So you might have to open a merchant account with them and process your credit card transactions through that bank in order to get the fees waived. So there are multiple ways to get around these fees that can add up. The last thing I'm going to say, and this will make more sense for those of you that are making more money than others. So if you're really in the early stages of your law firm or um, you really don't have uh, two pennies to rub together at the end of the day, you're living paycheck to paycheck, this is going to fall on deaf ears. But if you're running a, you know, a $300,000, $500,000 law firm, a million-dollar law firm, and the additional expenditure of $15 to $30 a month 
per bank account, which can, you know, will add up to somewhere between $500 and $1,500 in expenses for the year. If this system is going to get your ship upright and make your law firm as profitable as you need it, then that $500 to $1,500 or $2,000 was well worth it. So um, sometimes we're, we'll spend more time and effort on this one step than we would with any other purchasing decision just because we have resistance to change and we don't want to start to implement this. So we're going to find excuses to, to skip it. So having got, gotten on my soapbox there and gone through that, let me jump back down and talk, talk to you about what these five accounts are, how they work, and what they're used for. So the first account is your income account. And the income account is where all of the deposits coming into your firm go. So basically, every time that somebody gives you money, it goes into the income account. And that's where the inflow of cash comes from, which is then the, uh, the source of the other four accounts. So basically, everything gets deposited into the income account. And then when we do profit first allocations, which we're going dis to discuss a little bit later when that happens, we're going to transfer money from the income account to each of the other four accounts. So the other four accounts are as follows. One, your profit account. Two, your owner's pay. Three, your tax account. Four, your operating expenses account. Now let me go through each of these and based on the names, you can already understand what they're for, but I'll just explain um, a little bit better what, what each of them is. So your profit account is where money that is designated as profit is going to go. Profit, as I explained in episode 16, is different than owner's pay. And the profit is basically the money that you get for the benefit of being the owner of the firm. And this money is intended to be something that is enjoyable, something that's a reward for the fact that you own a successful firm. And the more successful it is, the greater that reward should be for you. So the intention of the, the profit money is to be used for something that is fun and enjoyable and not for your daily living, daily expenses. Your daily living expenses should be covered by the owner's pay. The owner's pay is what you're getting paid for the time and effort that you're working in the firm. And that should be covering all of the expenses that you have in your personal life um, that you need to live off of. So the first account is the profit account. The second account is the owner's pay account. The, um, the third account is the tax account. Now the tax account is where all taxes that need to be paid. Now this is not payroll taxes you're holding for somebody else. Okay. Um, and not even payroll taxes that uh, like your employees, um, the, the employer version of your employees, social security tax, for example, that actually would come out of your operating expenses account because that is part of the cost of having an employee. The tax account is for income tax, and it's the intention of the ta tax account is to cover all of the income tax that the owner would have to pay on the owner's income. 
So if there is income tax at the corporate level, that would get paid from the tax account. And then when the owner gets paid, the taxes for the owner's income come from the tax account as well. So this can get a little bit complicated to comprehend if you're not intricately involved in how you receive your paycheck. But for those of you that are involved, um, I'm just going to make one delineation here, one differentiation so that it makes sense for you. If somebody is a sole proprietor, then they're not on payroll. And basically, every time that they need money, they write themselves a check. That money comes from owner's pay, but you don't pay taxes on it when you write the check to yourself. Uh, often, that check that you're writing to yourself, if you haven't if you haven't implemented profit first, would end up getting you in trouble at the end of the year because you didn't put aside the money for taxes. And now at the end of the year, you do your tax return and you earned $50,000, $100,000 and you haven't taken any taxes on it and suddenly you have a tax bill of twenty dollars to $30,000 or $40,000. So um, that is one way of paying yourself. Now, when you pay yourself that way, then the tax account works perfectly and beautifully and easily because the tax money gets put into the tax account at the same time. And now that money is earmarked for taxes and you will not have an issue at the end of the year when suddenly this um, tax bill uh, comes to fruition. Now, the other way that you could be compensated as a worker in the firm is if the firm is a corporation, an S-corp, or a C-corp, which is very uncommon for law firms. But if you're treated as a corporation, then you would be getting at least reasonable compensation on a paycheck as you know via payroll. So when that happens, then your income tax for at least the paycheck portion, the payroll you know, funneled portion of your pay would already have the taxes withheld. So here's where it's a little bit complicated because the tax account is intended to cover all of your income tax. So what we need to do on the back end is we need to say this amount of money that the owner did not receive and and was actually for their taxes has to come from the tax account, not from the owner's pay account. So we kind of make a division in their paycheck and the part that they receive as as net um, comes from owner's pay and the part that they receive as, as that they never receive but is taken as taxes comes from the tax account. In addition to that, any distribution that they receive comes from owner's pay and then the tax on that distribution comes from the tax account. So I know that can be a little bit confusing. But have your bookkeeper listen to this section or just go in and read the book uh, or even better, get with a profit first professional like myself and have us help you walk through this. So we have the income account, the profit account, the owner's pay account, the taxes account. And then finally, we have the operating expenses account. The operating expenses account is the account that your business is run out of everything, every expense that your business has other than the owner's pay and other than the taxes for the owner comes from the operating expenses account. Now, in advanced profit first, so there, there are advanced methods of profit first, there could be additional accounts and you could further subdivide 
the operating expenses account. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're not going to go into the advanced uh, possibilities with uh, Profit First, and we are going to stick with these five accounts. Now, that is step one of your one-time setup. Step two of your one-time setup is to set up two additional bank accounts at a different bank. Okay? Now, uh, if you want to understand exactly why we're doing this, uh, I'm going to go into it briefly right now, but you can go back and read the book and really understand uh, what it is. But essentially, Profit First is a system that we have, that Mike created and we are implementing to overcome the mistakes that we make uh, through our human nature. Now, our human nature is to um, is to basically uh, live within the realm of rules, and when rules are easily broken, they are broken. For example, if you are driving on the highway and the speed limit is 55 miles per hour, how many times do you go over the speed limit just because it's easy? Even though there's a risk, you're going to get pulled over and you're going to get a ticket, and a ticket could be a hassle, it's a moving violation, it's, it's it costs you money, but you're still going to go ahead and speed. Now, not everybody does, so I'm not making generalizations here, but very often um, we tend to break that rule because it's right there in front of us and we have other rationalizations as to why it could be broken. Now, that's one example. Um, an even better example, and this is, I believe, Mike's example in the book, um, is... If I decide that I am going to lose weight and I simply say, I am not going to eat candy or chocolate anymore, but there's still candy and chocolate in my kitchen, in the pantry, or even on the counter, right? I may have made that resolve that I'm not going to do that anymore, but if I keep passing the candy and the chocolate every single day, at some point in a moment of weakness... I'm going to reach in, I'm going to grab a piece of chocolate or a candy bar, and I'm going to eat it, right? So um, if it wasn't there, if I had decided instead to rid my house of all of that stuff, then it would have required significant effort for me to go and get a piece of chocolate. I'd have to get in the car, drive to the store, purchase the chocolate, and then eat it, which at that point, I may have decided that I may have realized what I was doing and stopped. So these two accounts are specifically for the profits and the taxes. And the reason why you need separate accounts for these is because these are the two accounts where money gets parked and sits for a while. Your profit, as you're going to soon learn, gets distributed to, to you once a quarter. The taxes gets distributed to the IRS and or to your state during the estimated tax payment period, which is, again, every quarter. And if your estimated taxes are lower than the amount you withheld, you're going to hold it even longer until the end of the year when you do your tax return and you get your final tally and finally know what you owe for your tax bill and whether or not you need to use any additional money from the tax account. So, understanding that money is going to gather 
in the profit account and money will gather in the taxes account, now you can begin to understand that there may come a time that you log into your bank account and your operating expenses account is really low. And suddenly you're realizing that in two days a payment's going to hit and you don't have enough money in the operating expenses account. How easy would it be to simply transfer money from the profit account or from the taxes account into the operating expenses account to cover that payment? And how easy would it be to rationalize that you're doing it, you're simply temporarily moving the money, you're going to put it right back as soon as you do your next allocation and you have some more money in the operating expenses account, you're going to move it back to the tax account. I can tell you from personal experience and from experience working with others that that is very easy to do and very rarely do you go back and fix it. As a matter of fact, when you start to do that, what ends up happening is is that you start to undo the whole system and you end up losing momentum and you end up losing the entire system that you put in place. So what we do is we set up two accounts at an external bank, a different bank, and when we make that allocation, we then move the money from the profit account and from the taxes account to the external profit and taxes accounts. And Mike goes into his book about explaining about, um, you know, that you should make it so difficult to take that money out of the other account, disconnect them in a way that there's no, you can't just trans easily transfer the money. And even with that bank, you know, don't don't give it online access. You have to go to the branch to take the money out or, um, you know, and so on and so forth. You have to know what your own personal limitations are and what, what you're going to give into. Um, you know, for me personally, I don't have to take all of those steps. I know once it's in, once I'm not looking at it every day, I can kind of just compartmentalize those two accounts and not really consider them as being accessible. Um, that works for me. Uh, many other people do need to make those other, take those other precautions that he talks about in the book. All right. So we have our accounts set up five in one bank, two in another bank. The next step in our one-time setup, step number three, is to determine our target allocation percentages. Now, the target allocation percentages is basically a percentage for each of these categories and how it gets allocated. So, for example, um, a business that is earning zero to 250K of revenue would have the following percentages, 5% of all income will go to the profit account. Fifty percent of all income would go to the owner's pay account. Fifteen percent would go to the tax account, and thirty percent would go to the operating expenses account. Now, a few things happen. First of all, this is extremely enlightening to immediately start to see why you need the system, because. Most likely, if you're in the 0 to 250K range, you are not operating on 30% operating expenses. Most likely, you're much higher than that. So if you think about it, for every dollar that comes in, 30 cents is being spent on operating expenses and the rest is going to you and the government. Um, which would mean that if you have $3,000 a month expenditure, then 
you would need to have brought in $10,000 a month in revenue. Um, and I'm guessing that if you have 40000 in revenue coming in for the year, you probably are already approaching the $3,000 a month in operating expenses. Maybe not, but many of you are. So that high, further highlights the reason that this is so important. Now, why do we use percentages? It's very simple because there's no way to do this in, in any, other, any other way and be able to give you guidelines and guidance on how this should work. Now, obviously, these are guidelines. They're not set in stone. As a matter of fact, I have a client that purposely set their operating expenses at 40%. That just made more sense for their business. And that is where they are going to reside. Um, the, it, really, it really is up to you, but it needs to be something that resembles a healthy business. The best thing is to follow the target allocation percentages. Now, you're not going to be at the target allocation percentages today. So the last thing that I want you to do is open these accounts, take these target allocation percentages, which by the way, the table that has the target allocation percentages can be downloaded for free and can also be seen on our show notes page. So our show notes page is profitwithlaw.com forward slash zero one eight. And you can download a PDF version that you can print um, from our Profit First Cheat Sheet, which is available for free at profitwithlaw.com forward slash profit first. So the target allocation percentages is a guidepost of where you want to be in the future. When you start today, you open your accounts and you do nothing different. You don't start changing anything because if you were to try to operate within the target allocation percentage immediately and you were off, so let's say you're spending 50% of your revenue on operating expenses today and now you suddenly want to make it 30%, what's going to happen at the first time that some of the bills come due and there isn't enough money in the operating expenses account to pay it. You're going to immediately undo the profit first system. So there is a way to get from point A to point B. And the way that that happens is a succession over time where you're making much smaller adjustments. So you start with your percentages where they are today and then you compare them to the percentages of where they are moving forward, where you want them to be, and then you figure out what that gap is. And over the course of an 18-month period, over the course of six quarters, we start to close that gap slowly but surely. So, for example, let's say that your operating expenses today are 50% and they need to be at 30%. So we need to drop it by 20% over six quarters. So if we take 20 divided by six, it's going to give you a three and change. So what, you, what you, your goal is to lower your operating expenses by 3% every quarter and maybe a couple of quarters by 4%. So let's turn that into numbers. Let's say that you are currently spending $50,000 on operating expenses over the course of the year. And I'm actually going to pull out a calculator and do some math right here on air. So 
50,000 means at 50% means that you're doing 100,000 of revenue for the year. And we need to drop your allocation by four percentage points. So we basically need to drop it by $4,000 for um, annually, but for the quarter. Here's where it, it can be confusing, but uh, I'm going to try to break it down for you. So that 4000 divided by four gives you $1,000 per quarter. Divide that by three, that gives you $333 a month. So if you're currently spending 50000 a year, is it realistic to think that over the course of the next three months, you can find $330 of expenses to cut out of your business? Most likely, the answer is yes. Usually, with such a small percentage, we can find something to cut. So what happens is, is that we spend one quarter cutting $330 of expenses out. Now, there's other things that we should be doing during that quarter, other efforts that we're making, but that's one of the things that we focus on for the quarter is we need to lower our expenses by $330 a month. The next quarter, you're doing the same thing. But now you've already eliminated and gotten used to operating without that last $330 expenditure. And now you do that exercise again. And you do that again each quarter until you get to the point where you want to be. Now understand that at the same time, your law firm is growing. So you might not need to keep shaving $333 a month off of every in, in each quarter. You might only need to shave 100 or just not add money because you've increased your revenue. So as your law firm is growing, these are percentages, it's a constantly moving target. And um, it's important to understand that and to keep looking at your profit first plan to figure out what you need to focus on for the, for the upcoming quarter. So just to review... First, you're going to determine your TAPs, your target allocation percentages. Then you're going to create an instant assessment. You're going to look at where am I today versus where I need to be. And then you're going to um, make a plan for the next six quarters. Now, the rest of the Profit First plan is all about timing. When do you do what? So we're going to start with what do you do every day? Every day. Any receipts that you receive, any any deposits go into the income account. We already covered that. That happens every day. We don't wait until we're doing allocations to do that. Everything gets deposited as it comes in into the income account. Um, the other thing that you might do daily is just log into your bank account and look at your balances. Now, the reason that you want to do that is because you want to pay attention to, the, to at least the income account and the operating expenses account to see the fluctuations and balances there. The income account is important to follow because you want to know if you're having a slowdown. You want to know if, if it looks right compared to what you normally have. The, the operating expenses account you want to keep an eye on because you want to make sure that you have enough in there to cover the bills that, are, that, that might be automatically getting charged. Uh, and you want to you want to just be able to start to see what the normal uh, here. I'm a paramedic. I'm going to use a, a medical uh, a medical example. Uh, what the normal vital signs are for your business? What's the normal blood pressure and the normal pul pulse rate? 
So when you when you see what your operating expenses account is supposed to look like at various stages in between the, the allocations, you can start to see that there might be an issue that you need to deal with just by looking at the account. So this is a very brief, takes only a minute. You log into your account, you look at the balances, you look at what, what happened, what affected the balances, and you move on. That is what you do daily. Now, twice a month or more or less, depending on your firm, whatever makes sense for you. The idea is that we don't want to focus on allocating the funds between the accounts, paying the bills. That work should only take a couple of hours. We should be doing that just a couple of times a month. So the months, days, the days that make sense the most, usually based on when bills are come due, is the 10th and 25th. Now, a lot of my clients follow their payroll cycle, um, which also makes a lot of sense. And um, you can do whatever makes sense for, for your firm. But basically, you want to choose a couple of days or maybe once every two weeks or whatever whatever works out for you. That's when you're going to do your allocations. So this is what you're going to do on the 10th and the 25th or whatever days you picked. Step number one, we're going to transfer all the money in the income account into the other accounts based on your current allocation percentages. Not your target allocation percentages, but your current allocation percentages for the current quarter. So whatever those are, so if today your operating expenses is at 50%, 50% of that account is going to go into your OPEX. If you're already at 30% for operating expenses, then only 30% of that is going to go into you into your OPEX account. Now, step two, you're going to transfer all the money in your profit account uh, and your tax account in the first bank over to bank two, which is going to leave a zero balance in the tax and the profit account. And then step three, you're going to disperse any salary to the business owner from the owner's pay account. Now, I already made the differentiation earlier that this how the owner gets paid might differ depending on the structure of the company. So if you're on payroll, it would come from payrolls or at least part of it would come from payroll. So that is can be can be um, a little bit different firm by firm. But basically, we're going to make sure that we pay the owner. And then the final step is you're going to pay all upcoming bills that are coming due before the next allocation from the operating expenses account. So that's what you do a couple of times a month. Now, every quarter, at the end of the quarter, you're going to do a profit distribution. And the way that that works is that you're going to take 50% of the balance of the profit account at the external bank. And that money is going to be distributed to you as profit. Now, this money is not intended to be investment into your business. You don't turn around and put it back into the business. It's also not intended for you to pay your rent or, or your mortgage or um, your car payment with, unless you bought a Lamborghini with it and that's where you're paying the Lamborghini payments from it. It's intended to be money that is used for, I like to call it fun money. Obviously, you don't have to go and blow it in Atlantic in, in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. I'm from New York, so Atlantic City is the local uh, stomping grounds for blowing money. That's That's not the intention. The intention is that you're spending it on something that brings you joy. 
So if that's something that brings you joy is funding your child's college, then so be it. But if that's something that brings you joy is is a trip to Vegas, so be it. You get to decide what that is, but it needs to be something that is going to inspire you and invigorate you and make you want to do better at the firm because look at how much look at what you're able to do look at how you're able to live your life because of this profit you're getting so obviously at the beginning that amount is going to be small but even a small amount is going to be more than you've ever done before if you haven't been using the system so the next thing you're going to do in the quarter is you're going to pay any tax liabilities from your tax account at that external bank and then this is the cheesy one. If you're working with me or with another profit first professional, then you're going to meet with us. But if it's not us, then you're going to you're going to meet internally you're going to meet with yourself uh, or your internal staff. And you're going to revisit your allocation percentages and work on the plan for the next quarter. You're going to make sure that you know um, what you're aiming at for the next quarter. And then once a year, you're going to, uh, first of all, review your financials with a profit first professional, uh, with your accountant, a financial expert. And then the other thing that's going to happen at the end of once a year, at the end of the year, is you're going to potentially free up some money that's in a tax account because it was not needed for taxes. And then at that point, you can make a decision about what to do with that tax money. You could start to use it to fund another account using the Profit First Advanced system, see the book, uh, or potentially a future episode. I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about it. Or you can take that money home as the owner, take an extra, extra profit distribution or extra owner's pay, a bonus. Uh, or you can apply it to the next year's tax bill. So just leave it parked there in the tax account and just use it moving forward. Um, or you can use it to uh, invest in your business. You can invest in the future, hire somebody that you weren't ready to hire yet, um, get the ball rolling on that. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that you can do if you find some extra cash. So that is something that you're going to do once a year. The final piece of the puzzle, so now that you've got the whole system, the final piece of the puzzle is to understand that, and I said this at the beginning of the episode, Basically, if you don't have a personal trainer, if you don't have somebody to walk you through this and take your hand and, and just do it with you step by step, there are very few individuals that are going to actually carry out and implement this plan and stick with it. Just like, just like going to the gym and working out. How many of us have a gym membership that we pay for monthly and never step foot in the gym? And how many of us step foot in the gym, but the only thing we know how to do is go on the treadmill and there's 400 other machines that we have no clue how to use and, and wish that we did because we could look so much better. And then how many of us have realized that if we were to simply just hire a personal trainer, we could at least learn how to use those machines and at least have a system created for us where we know that when we come in on Mondays, we're doing legs and on Wednesdays, we're doing chest and upper body. And on Fridays, we're doing 
back and shoulders. And now we know which exercises we're doing on which days and what those exercises are. After meeting with that personal trainer um, a dozen times, you don't need to meet with them anymore. Or some of us do. Some of us need to have that personal trainer every single time we step foot in the gym or we just won't be successful. Um, So understanding that analogy, it is the same thing when it comes to cash management in your law firm. And you need to think about the feasibility of implementing this by yourself versus getting some help. So I am a big fan of law firm owners getting help for a lot of the things that um, that they do. I don't think you should do your own marketing. I think you should outsource it to a good marketer. I don't think you should do your own bookkeeping. I think you should outsource it to a good bookkeeper. I think that you should stick to what you do and do that best, and that is practicing law. So when it comes to this, this is another example. Profit First is another example of let me go and hire somebody to either take my hand, hold it, teach me how to do it, get me set up, and then I can do it or to do it for me. So if you're interested in what we have, which is an implementation pod for Profit First, so basically you'll be working in a group setting, but we will take your hand and hold it step-by-step through doing the analysis, setting up your target allocation percentages, set getting your bank accounts open, setting up your, uh, finding out your current um, status of where you are, your instant assessment, and then creating that, that six quarter map and getting that first quarter really under your belt and getting the flow and just the idea of how this all works together. Uh, if you're interested in joining a Profit First implementation pod, we have one starting the beginning of July, right after July 4th. And you can apply for that by going to profitwithlaw.com forward slash PF apply profitwithlaw.com forward slash PF apply. And once again, uh, you can download a Profit First cheat sheet as well as the first two chapters of the Profit First book. Simply go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash profit first. Until next time, go and make some money and take some home. Keep your profits. I will see you guys next week. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level.